0: If I don't know it, and if the student doesn't know it, then we can find someone else that knows it, and it's a learning process that way, so I don't put the pressure just on myself to know everything, and I try not to at least, because I know that's like the biggest thing is that the myth that teachers know everything, and I've realized that that also is false because we don't know everything.
1: Good evening, and welcome to Chasing Squirrels podcast. It's a podcast where we're trying to get a peek at the future of education and the changes that are happening along the way, and definitely... Definitely getting the conversations with the individuals that are helping us move in that direction. So this is episode eight and tonight I will be talking with Elif Kenak. She is a teacher candidate at York University. and in our conversation, I found out that uh, she and I share a similar fire for change in education and Throughout our convo, she often referred to some of the things that she saw in both her elementary and secondary school experiences as kind of being the starting point for her when she receives the full certification of teacher, like building community and connecting classes and differentiated learning. It's awesome to meet young teachers like because she has such bravery and intentionality in her plans that I got no doubt she's going to make a difference when she finally lands her first teaching job. I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. Here's the episode. Hello, good evening.
0: Hello, good evening. How are you? I'm good, how are you?
1: I'm good. So, um... I want to keep, I want to capture the energy because we just had a great conversation before I yep. hit the record mm-hmm. and I knew it's time to hit record because um, I always love to do that preamble conversation, but you know, you're onto something because we chatted for almost like 20 minutes.
0: Yeah. I think right. So, so
1: uh, I will say anything that you threw down in that, it may come up again, feel free because no one got to hear that content anyway. So it's going to be all fresh to everybody else.
0: Yeah. Awesome.
1: That is awesome. So how about just on the front end? Um, before we actually get to some of the convo stuff, just kind of throw down what you're doing right now, who you are, what uh, school you're at for the listeners.
0: Okay. Uh, so, um, I'm a first year teacher candidate at York university. Uh, my teacher bowls are history and geography and, uh, I'm right now I'm placed in a high school. So I'm in uh grade with grades like 10, 11, and 12, but, um, I'm in an art class, so I'm in, like, a photography class, an illustration class, and a uh, grade nine, like, I th- believe it's the intro arts class. So, um, it's quite interesting right now. I'm going through a lot of uh, teachable moments, I guess. I,
1: I, I want to just backtrack for a second because approximately looking at the counter here, let's say 56 seconds ago,
0: mm-hmm. I believe
1: you said geography mm-hmm. and history?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and you are teaching in what classes?
0: In art. So visual arts.
1: So <laughs> I guess um, here's what I love. Here's what I love. I love that teacher candidates are so open to that. It's sort of a modern learning approach that yeah. um, you have the bravery and you have the energy to teach outside your teachables, but I am curious, what are you thinking? How's that, how, how, how's that sort of working out for you?
0: Well, to be honest, the first, um, first day of practicum, I was extremely like nervous. Like I was, um, I was really like, I had like anxiety. I was like, I was not looking forward to it because I knew that I was going into this art class. And now that, um, like when i look back on it i was like i didn't even take art like how am i supposed to know I, I don't even know how to draw properly so i was really lowering my confidence on that um but as i'm as i started to move through it i realized how um it's not just art that they're you know the students are it's not just the concept of like you know drawing pictures and you know you know making it look nice um there's so much more to art than uh that we know about i guess like that i actually knew about so it's, it's quite a different experience and a learning experience, too, because I'm learning with my mentor teacher who's teaching and, you know, doing all this stuff. But I'm also learning with the students and I feel like they have taught me so much about art and illustration, photography. Um, it's been a cool experience in that sense in that I'm learning something that the last time I learned about it was in like grade nine because it was a mandatory course I had to take. So now it's a different, uh, different spin to it.
1: That's remarkable. It's mm-hmm. um I will tell you that is a little bit like the new normal
0: yeah. in yeah.
1: in secondary. That's where I teach as well. Mm-hmm. Um my program I work with I currently I work with students that are on suspension or expulsion. Mm-hmm. And often the student that is coming to me, the course that I'm supporting, so if a student is relocated to my program because they've been suspended, mm-hmm. I continue with the curriculum that the student was doing at their school. Oh, that's fairly straightforward yeah. because I get the tasks from the homeschool teacher and I just, I support the learning. I do a lot of real time, in time, same time learning as the student. Uh, the ones that become more complex are the students that are expelled. Yeah. And when a student is expelled, the home school no longer supports their courses. So that student, if they happen to be doing 12U physics, well, I have to figure out whether or not I can learn that up in a hurry. Yeah. Um, So I have a deep respect for your current situation. I also have a deep understanding of the challenge of wanting to be that teacher. Wanting to sort of telling yourself, I can do this. I can do Mm this. I I can do this. It's all that different emphasis on each word. I can do this. Yeah, I agree. So let me ask you something though. History and geo, Mm
0: -hmm. if
1: you were going to mix it, if you were gonna mix that background, it just kind of strikes me like it kind of works for art, doesn't it?
0: It does it does, and that's what I was gonna get to as well because um the first like couple weeks of each course, they actually learn about like the history of art and um they learn about like famous artists and like all this kind of stuff so it it does go hand in hand um, the cool thing is is that my MT. she focuses a lot on like project-based learning so she does a lot of projects and um, it's not so much learning about um, the theoretical stuff about it and all that kind of stuff so it's more it's more hands-on things that they do which I appreciate and I enjoy because I feel like that you get a really good learning experience from that Um, but like I said like I guess I'm only an hour ahead of the students in the learning process and sometimes I'm not even I'm in the same uh, level field as them.
1: Is that um? It's it, so. Where do you feel like like? Where do you feel that um, being an hour ahead? Do you feel like? What is it that saves you? Is it your your quick mastery of the content? Are you really diverse in your learning skills? are you just a sort of like a quick talker like hey we're going to figure this out let's and you kind of split it up like hey group 1 over there you go on google and you figure this out or in group 3 over there like what's your what's your tactic to sort of make it through those moments cuz that can be kind of stressful
0: um yeah it is stressful actually sometimes uh i i don't know the answers which is i learned that it's okay after you know um failure and all that kind of stuff which is it's fine and I am that type of person that I'm just like hey listen I don't know how to do it so maybe we can ask someone else maybe they can tell us how to do it or maybe we can check the internet so and my MT she's very helpful so she'll tell me as well and she's there to help so um, it's more like if I don't know it and if the student doesn't know it then we can find someone else that knows it and it's a learning process that way so I don't put the pressure just on myself to know everything and I try not to at least because I know that's like the biggest thing is that the myth that teachers know everything. And I've realized that that also is false because we don't know everything. And it's all like a learning process that we too grow along and learn with the students. So if they know something, they can share with us. If we know something, we share with them.
1: I love it. Yeah. The, term, the term that's being thrown around right now, you talk about the co-learning, cool right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious, if we go back in the day, so we throw you back into a high school classroom. hmm were you that type of student? Were you that type of student where you were just kind of keeping up? Or were you the type of student that went deep and you were always kind of pursuing your learning? So basically what I'm asking, I guess, is the type of teacher that you're being forced to be right now, as in really kind of scrambling and getting the stuff done in time, is that different from you as a student?
0: Uh, well, as a student, I would say that I was, a, I was a really hard worker, so for me it wasn't always like if you gave me something um for example let's say math because math was my you know hardest subject so if i wanted to learn something in math um, i would have to like really really work on it i would have to like you know study really hard in order for me to understand and it goes with everything like with science too i had to really really get to know it first in order for me to actually understand everything so And I wasn't afraid of asking for help. So I guess that part of me still continues today. Like, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, if you know everything or if you don't, you're a professional at the subject, I'll always ask for help. Um, So I guess that's kind of like, I guess I take that from the student Elif that I was. Um, But in terms of like, uh, I guess, working in collaboration with everyone and like group work, I always used to love group work. So that's kind of. What I try to do in the classroom as well is promote group work and working with others and sharing ideas because I think you get a lot of information from other people. Yes. Mm -hmm.
1: True. I totally agree. What's the... um, So moving from classroom to university and now teaching is on the horizon for you. What was it that made... Can you think of a moment when... um, teaching was made real for you what was how did, how did how was that brought into possibility was it an always thing is like you know you're grade two and you're drawing those pictures of you as a teacher uh, in front of in front of your classroom or you know you're organizing your toys in your room and parents walk in and like there's elif teaching the toys again about you know canadian history yeah what is it that brought uh, what did did you go to teach or did teaching come to you
0: um Well, for me, uh, I guess in elementary school, yeah, in elementary school, it was um, education and, like, learning. Um, Like I said, it was not, like, my uh, best thing. Like, I didn't, I wasn't really, um, I guess, I didn't really understand things right off the bat. And I guess back in the day, that was, like, a really... um, It was like something that teachers really look for it's like you had to understand everything that was taught to you right right off the bat right but um i wasn't that student so it was it was difficult for me to you know learn things right off the bat like i had to sit down i had to look at it many times i had to read it many times in order for me to understand something and um i get that a part of me um basically motivated me To realize that I'm not the only one and I know students go through this all the time and it was those teachers that actually believed in me and you know said you know you can do this you can understand this you you just have to work on it here's a different way of looking at it that's kind of what motivated me so it gave me the confidence they they were there for me when I needed help and um, I guess that's kind of how I was intrigued by the teaching profession because now, when I'm in my practicum, I realize, like, some students, they're still going through the same thing because education has advanced so much. And, you know, we shouldn't be focused just on, like, the memorization of content. And it's not just about how well you read or how well you write. It's more to it. Uh, so I guess that's, that's when I had that moment, and I guess, in high school, too, when I just realized that um, teaching was something that I always had in me, but I, I wasn't conscious of it. And I had I have little siblings as well, so I was kind of always their you know tutor <laughs> in mm-hmm. uh, um, in school. So I always you know helped them out, and I have like other family friends who are uh, have younger kids. So I've always tutored, and I've always uh, been around younger kids, and um, even older kids. You know, um, my parents they uh, they came from Turkey, so they immigrated here, and I always had to do like, and I still to this day I do a lot of like. The paperwork and stuff and you know their bills and this and that mm-hmm. so like it was always a learning process for me so i was always learning something new whether it was in school or outside of school or i was teaching my parents or i was teaching my siblings so um it was oh it's always been there teaching and learning has always been a part of me i guess
1: that's cool it's sort of a it creates a it creates a really nice segue into a career when sort of like elements of life, very natural elements of life of helping people and being concerned for people and having people want you to be that person. That can mm-hmm. be pretty powerful too. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I, I, I know I've, um, I've watched kids <laughs> set up their toy classroom and listen to them yell at their toys and thought to myself, hmm, <laughs> I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking I, I might, if I'm in a conversation, you will persuade them against becoming a teacher, you know, it, so it's, I, I like the stories too, where it's kind of like, it makes sense. It's sort of, you're, you're doing the things kind of naturally and then the career just happens yeah. to kind of work for it. The, um. I am curious, can you, 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 I like what you said about uh, the school is just not about reading and writing well, and yeah. and I com- I commend you for sort of um, speaking so honestly about uh, a little bit of the struggles with learning and that expectation that you know you noticed that there was something about the education system that like you felt compelled or yeah basically mm-hmm. there basically you have to get it the first time
0: yeah. Um,
1: yeah can you can you can you go back to a moment and it could either be at, at you know at university right now or. Mm-hmm. Um, you know calling out one of those teachers that did a really great job to slow it down for you do you have an experience that kind of turned it and you thought you know what this is kind of different i like this teacher's approach i can kind of work with this
0: yeah um i had my grade seven teacher and she was she was awesome she's a really really nice lady and um i'll never forget how um I guess she really believed in me and I and I say this because when I feel like when you talk to someone and when you, you know make a connection with someone you can actually feel like I have this feeling like your instinct that you they actually feel for you and they're they're confident in you and that kind of gives you the confidence to do well in what you're doing and uh, her approach was just with me all the time she's really patient and she listened to me and she actually cared and she didn't put me on the spot all the time because I, I hated that. Like when you put me on the spot and you know, I had to think of an answer right away, I, d- I don't have the answers right away. So I had to think about it. So she always gave me the time and she was patient with me. And I guess that's kind of what um, motiva- motivated me and actually gave me um, encouragement to uh, learn better and to actually you know, realize that I had other potentials other than just, you know, inside school. Like I, I did a lot of sports in uh, elementary school and high school. So I was very mm-hmm. like active in extracurricular activities. Um, so I guess if I wasn't really confident in the classroom uh, or I wasn't doing my best in school, um I found my happy place and somewhere where I excelled better in like sports teams that I was a part of. Like I used to play basketball and volleyball and mm-hmm. soccer. So that was kind of like my... That was kind of like my go-to like yeah i didn't learn maybe i wasn't really good at reading or maybe i wasn't the the best at writing but um the social skills and the skills to communicate leadership teamwork i found it outside of the classroom that's awesome yeah. I,
1: I think that's that's pretty remarkable that um i think it's remarkable that you're reaching back to grade seven yeah. um, <laughs> but i think it's i could say the exact same thing it's also remarkable that you're reaching past high school And without any details, did you find that in high school, was it more difficult to find that same kind of connection at all? Just nothing specific, but is, is it, was, was that the one in grade seven? Like that was the teacher that's just locked right there that really got you. Um,
0: yeah, I would say that she, um, she really got me in a sense that, um, she gave me the, like I said, she gave me the confidence that I can continue on in throughout high school. So I was able to I guess I believed in myself more and I mm. had the confidence, like I wasn't feeling a doubt. So that made me have uh, better connections and I was able to... I had really great teachers in high school too and um, I just feel like that was kind of like the turning moment. Like grade seven was that moment where I just like, cha- it changed everything for me, changed education for me. So that's yeah. that's no, why I go back to that. You know
1: what? That's powerful stuff. Yeah. Did you want to say, did you want to... like? Like I said, we have thousands of people that are going to hear this. Did you want to like... Did you want to name names and and oh, say yeah. thank you at all? Like yeah, go sure. ahead. Like
0: Her name was Miss Her name was Miss If you're listening, you're awesome.
1: <laughs> and you know what? It's one of the things that um in in sort of in in me starting up this podcast in me existing on Twitter, me sort of doing the blogging and and writing on my own um writing on my own blog, mm-hmm. the thing that I have learned and I've just sort of come to accept this is that there's, and I actually, I learned this from somebody else that I talked to on, on my, on this podcast, uh, a guy named Royan Lee. And he said that when he first started connecting in social media, it was about trying to find that new room that everyone was hanging out in. So you're constantly seeking and kind of showing up and like, what's going on here? And it's sort of like, it's fun and you're not really thinking necessarily about the relationships part of it. Mm-hmm. And he introduced this concept to me of of sort of like digital dualism and and just in a nutshell being you know what you're building in your actual life can have it and if you're intentionally building positive stuff in your actual life that you can do that same thing in your digital life um, if you're consciously and intentionally connecting in digital spheres and the thing that i have learned through this podcast and and talking with cool people like you and other people that, um, I've included in my PLN is that you can actually build really great digital relationships that th- that they are real. Like you actually yeah. feel that yeah. connectivity. Mm-hmm. There's another guy that's connected with the on-ed mentors. His name is Roland Chidiak. Mm-hmm. And I had had online connections with him conversations and we got to meet in real time. And I will tell you when I got to meet him, I kind of started a little bit like a fanboy. I was like, "Oh my god, I heard your podcast. You're so smart." And but after a little bit of talking, I actually felt like that that kind of like brotherhood building. Like yeah. I was like, "This is a guy that's like he is he's parallel. Mm-hmm. What he does, what what I've experienced from his online presence is what I'm seeing in front of me." Yeah. So me asking you to call out that teacher, mm-hmm. what I've learned with the digital this digital pursuit of doing podcasts is that this idea of who knows if you and I I hope you and I meet in some way
0: yeah it would be it would be, be very awesome. cool yeah it
1: would be very very cool if we don't i expect that we're going to stay connected digitally of course but I, but i will tell you it's start small steps like this that mean that when we do meet we're going to have a ton of stuff to talk about
0: yeah yeah you're completely right and i completely agree with that too cuz um uh i feel like social media it's a it's a really great pla- platform when it's used correctly so mm-hmm. there's a lot of um sometimes there's a lot of negativity around social media and the use of social media, but when it's used correctly, it's outstanding. You can do so many things with it. And like what we're doing now is building our, um, PLN and, you know, um, I feel like all the, um, mentors and all the, um, teachers that I'm following are like my personal, like, you know, MTs. M- 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 like I can go to any of them and just be like, hey, you know, I have this question and, you know. Isn't it awesome? It's, it's like awesome really? and you won't have anyone judge you or you won't be like, you know, who's this girl trying to you know, talk to me? Like it's a, it's a good, it's an open space and I feel like um, it's great for um, what we're doing and the way we're trying to expand and learn from each other.
1: That's awesome. I'll just, I'll throw down. Um, so we're talking about the, the on ed mentors, the, mm-hmm. that sort of like that hashtag Yeah. Su- support teacher, su- teacher, new teacher support group. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um. I really dig being part of that. Yeah. I really, really do. Okay, let's, um. Let, let's, let's swing to your, your, to the, to the current, to the right now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So right now you're, you're in practicum, you're, you're going you you had mentioned when we before we hit the record that you're going back into the classroom tomorrow. Yeah. So I'm always curious as to the I guess it's a little bit like the difference. I can remember back being in the classroom in my um my homeroom. I don't even remember what it's called. My teacher is gentleman named michael tudor he was phenomenal just phenomenal so balanced so poised mm-hmm. you know it seemed like he knew everything like he was the every teacher that i i, I didn't even know existed <laughs> like he could let's talk about science let's talk about just wellness let's talk about fashion like there was just he, awesome. he yeah you know he, like what homeroom teacher right it's mm-hmm. almost like being on a varsity team and you could, you could do any position yeah so um but I can remember some of the conversations that I would have with him, which felt really diverse and really energized. And then I would go to practicum. And even though those conversations were very diverse and very interesting, there was always something that was just a little bit different in the practicum. And I, and I wondered, I, I would think back to how something was talked about as far as lesson planning or something about classroom management. And then you arrive in the school yep. and it's different. Yeah, it's it. And and sometimes it's really obvious. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it takes a couple of days to kind of figure out what it is. Mm -hmm. And then you do all that reflective stuff and you get back and everyone's like, oh, my gosh, you know, everyone has their story about their practicum.
0: Yeah.
1: So what is it for you? I guess, what is it for you personally? That's very different when you're on site versus when you're learning about getting to your practicum? Does that make sense? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, Okay. Well, I want to throw it out there. I feel like um the univ- like the faculty does an amazing job at uh you know trying to prepare us, but mm-hmm. there's only so much that you can actually do and there's always that disconnect. So when you get into practicum you're like, "Whoa, I was not expecting this" cuz yeah, um, I, I have to admit like everyone has expectations sometimes or you you have this I guess judgment going into like a school or um you feel like you're expect you you expect something from it, but um that's something that we all were we all have, but when I was going into, um, I guess, my practicum, I was just like, kind of very like, a lot of things, well, for me, I learned a lot, of, like I learned a lot of theories, so everything has been like theory-based, you know, you're learning about this and you're learning about that, and um, the act of actually doing is doesn't come all easy once you've learned about it all, so uh, mm. I felt that was kind of hard sometimes, like I learned about the theories, but then when I'm in the classroom, it's kind of something else, so... Uh, I've just kind of been struggling with that and trying to find the balance between what I learn at the faculty and then what I learn in practicum because schools are, they're hectic. Like, you know, sometimes you can have really crazy days. Sometimes you can have really awesome days and you never really know what's going to happen. So um, that's the that's that's one of the things that I'm trying to figure out is really the balance in between both right now is what I'm learning and then what I'm trying to learn at practicum.
1: I can remember... Um... I had a, I don't remember the name of any of the classes, but I had a, one of the classes that I had to take was about, essentially it was about course design. And we spent a lot of time in the ministry expectations and building course plans and kind of working through what a unit. And when I came into faculty, what, sorry, as a candidate going into faculty, I came in as a tech teacher. Mm-hmm. So... I was—I mentioned before that I'd been involved in hospitality Mm -hmm. all through my career. So that was my path in. I had an undergraduate degree as well. I had some drama and some uh, psychology and some anthropology. So when I came in as a tech teacher, my classes were all, it was populated with different tech teachers. So I was in, my cohort was estheticians and mechanics and electricians and plumbers, and we're all in the same classroom. And, And basically what that what that came down to is when we're doing a course plan, Mm -hmm. we would design something called an integrated, uh, it's an integrated technology course. So it's a grade nine course where you could have different technologies in it. So you can almost imagine a grade nine history course, let's say that would have a little bit of Canadian history, a little bit of American history, a little bit of like future history. Mm -hmm. I just made that up, but it sounds real cool. Um, future history. eh? That's a total course. I would love to teach that. Probably will. I shouldn't say that some kid's going to show up next year. Yeah. If I'm doing future history, I'm like, Whoa, that's current.
0: He was probably on the podcast.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'll have to talk to him on on the podcast. So, um, the the challenge there was that um, in yeah. designing these very technical and we all felt very smart for sort of putting these together and making, you know, like one group is sort of how are we going to build a course that has like cosmetology and auto mechanics and uh, design and we're sort of putting together these crazy things. And then, you know, you sort of bring that idea to the school mm-hmm. and you realize the thing that you create in a bit of a bubble it's a lot more difficult to sort of yeah. make that happen yeah.
0: Yeah, in I mean, the classroom
1: yeah. can you can you um pull out a certain thing that you know a particular activity or a a theory or a tool that you tried to use that you're just like yeah i'm gonna i got to put this back on the bench for a little bit longer
0: well for me right now, I'm not like, uh, I'm not teaching teaching, so I don't have like a teaching block that I'm actually teaching. I'm more, uh, oh, gotcha. yeah. So I'm more like, uh, like I I'll take moments Well, she'll give me some moments where I can actually like lead a discussion or something like that. So I'm not really teaching. That's like my next year. That's why the program is two years. But, um, gotcha. I, I have, I've, I've had moments like that. Whereas in, um, I make a lesson plan where I, um, I discuss the lesson plan with my MT and She or she'll be like, oh, this might not work because, you know, we have this student or um, this is not what we're learning right now. Or, you know, I have it like I have it all planned in my head, but it doesn't go as to how um, I want it to sometimes, which is fine. I mean, it happens. Uh, So I guess, yeah, like in that sense, I do agree. Like I've experienced that as well. Uh, I guess one of them is like classroom management, um, (laughs) which I know it's like a big thing. It's hard to it's hard to get that nailed and it's practice and you, ha- you need lots of experience for that too. So it's something that comes with time. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I get like, I'm trying to find the balance.
1: The The classroom management is interesting because it's, it is the thing that n- um, no matter the amount of neuroscience that you learn about, you know, the developmental changes of teenagers or whatever report you decide to read, uh, no matter the course that you're teaching or the grade 9 10 11 or 12 what I've always found is that that is all important information but every class every kid connect directly
0: yeah yeah
1: and that's it and 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 it it really does come down to the legwork spent and Mm -hmm. some kids it'll take a lot more some kids will not connect until the end some kids they won't connect until you know you think back and you're like oh my gosh like just that kid i couldn't get to that kid and i'm so happy that kids you know moved on to the next course and then you see that kid in the hallway and they're like yo cluff how's it going and then you they walk past you're like i totally loved his class you're like really yeah really you loved my class i'm like i wasn't catching that vibe buddy i wasn't catching that vibe (laughs) yeah so it's like it's like every kid every class as direct a connection as you can make and there's no, there's no shortcuts. Yeah,
0: no, I agree. There isn't. Yeah, and that's, that's basically, that's exactly what I've been learning in the faculty too is actually like, just to um, make those connections with students. Like, they all, like we all, even us teachers, we all come from various backgrounds, you know, experiences, we have different knowledges. So, we have to, I guess, take some time to actually listen. It's not, like I said, it's not always about, you know, putting out content for students to learn. You kind of have to, like, get to know them and actually realize, you know, where are they from? Where are they coming from? What do they like? What do they dislike? Yeah, and like you said, it takes time. So, I guess that's what I'm trying to build now, too, in my class, in the, my practicum class, is trying to build those relationships with the students mm-hmm. and trying to um, figure out how, how I can have, like, a nice conversation with them. What do they like? What do they dislike? What can I present to them? Like, we're doing this whole, uh, the doodle, doodle-a-day hashtag, so... That's um, awesome was, eh? yeah, I love great. it yeah it's it's really great so I was thinking maybe tomorrow I can go into my practicum and actually um, you know show my teacher uh, some of the prompts and maybe have the class do it as like a minds on activity first hand so I think oh. it would be kind of cool yeah to do that so yeah
1: it's <laughs> a great idea And yeah. you, and you know what so let's just pause for a second look at what you did you're drawing from your PLN which you're actively a part of mm-hmm. if you were to and you're you're gathering something inspirational that I'm I'm gonna take from like you kind of dig it like you're looking at like this would be kind of cool yeah and you're like this would be kind of cool if I could do it in class yeah you're like I hope I hope my you say your MT yeah. is that the, what's that short for mentor teacher yeah mentor what's teacher the, yeah so that the mentor teacher goes for it but it's a great minds On activity
0: it is and there is, is there's yeah.
1: so much that you can find from your PLN your digital PLN that way yeah
0: because I was doing mine today and I was just like oh this would be so good. Tomorrow, you know, if I go in and you know, I just like you know, show my MT some of the ones that I've been doing, and it'd be like a it'd be like a cool thing to see, and you know, maybe the the kids they would love it too, and I would love to like take pictures and then post the, their examples on too, so it'd be cool.
1: It's very cool. Yeah. I've, I'll I'll share with you. I can remember a few years back. Um, do you remember just coming up to? The Christmas break we started to have um, rain and ice storms it was maybe three or four years ago and it got it got pretty bad like where there was just enough rain and just enough melting and just enough freezing that you know trees look like yeah they look like crystal sculptures Mm -hmm. and and at that time so At that time, I was teaching in alt ed and we were I was doing a um, so personalized alternative education. And that is it's a lot like the program I'm in now, except it was in a school. So, And I would be teaching multi-course and I was doing geography. We're talking about weather patterns. And we knew I knew that the weather patterns were kind of freaky all over southern Ontario. And I wanted to find out specifically what was happening in. A couple different towns and i tweeted it out in the middle of class and while we were in class i was able to connect with someone in each of the towns that we were talking about and find out exactly what their backyards look like
0: that's so cool
1: and they posted pictures and then we started We then we took each of those places where the the twitter um info came from and then we kind of put it on a map and then we looked at that map in relation to where the weather patterns were happening, so we had about seventy-five minutes, and we actually saw how the storm was moving, not from, not from the, um, you know, like on the TV or AccuWeather or the Weather Network, but by actual accounts of people that were, kind of going through it right now. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. And I
1: will, t- and I would Well, I will tell you that's the so right now you're grabbing stuff from the Twitter sphere, yeah, kind of outside the bells. Think of how powerful that can be as a tool inside the bells.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You know, it's cool. So it's just, a... yeah, it's cool. And, um, like I said, like the use of uh, Twitter right now, it's been crazy. Like, it's been really good. I've been able to, uh, learn a lot of things and for myself and like the doodle thing, like, you know, take it into the classroom and to actually use it, um, as a teaching uh, tool It's um, it's great I I feel like a lot of teachers can do it and it's easy right like it's not something that you really have to like think about because it's a a doodle and I was (laughs) I was thinking to myself I'm like I shouldn't be overthinking this which is something that you usually do because you know you overthink things sometimes and you're like oh is this great or is this good enough and that's something that I go through so um, it was kind of interesting that the doodle thing is kind of like you know just draw whatever you want and you know if it's good enough for you then that's you should just post it.
1: Well, I'll tell you, the the gentleman again that's Royan. So yeah. that the, Royan leads the one that kind of got that ball rolling on that. Yeah. And um I'm actually yeah, I'm just looking at your your doodle for today. It's a good doodle.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was just like <laughs> I'm like I should do something related to International Women's Day and then something related to love, so put those together.
1: No, oh, it looks great. That's a great doodle. I can and, and and part of it is um it's learning in the open yeah. and you're... It's like you're putting it onto a teacher's desk that is the best teacher's desk you could ever have because yeah. everybody in here is just like, I don't know what I'm gonna do with this, but I'm gonna throw it down. And they're they're so diverse.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a great, it's a great example of differentiated outcomes. Yeah. We have a common theme. We have the title, the doodle a day, we have the desk that we handed in on, the hashtag, we get the theme design, and you have people so willing to go for it. Yep. My old kids are actually doing it as well. So. Yeah, I've
0: seen them. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It, it, and it it, does, it, Like the cool thing is it doesn't really have like an age group specific or like a subject specific, which is awesome. It targets everyone.
1: And everybody's going in like some some people's like they're I'm like, wow. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's just and it sometimes it's wow because of the concept. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's wow because of the skill. Yeah. Sometimes it's wow just because it's out there. I'm like, I have no idea how you could have ever connected those things but it's just remarkable i agree and simple things can look amazing Mm -hmm. yeah i have to sort of avoid the twitter otherwise i'll lose track of the conversation (laughs) so um before i shift to the next the next chunk here um the in your practicum i can remember back when i was assigned the practicum i had a list of people that i had to talk to and i had to write some reflective papers i had to interview some people Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I, again, you're you're at a different faculty than I was. I went to um, U of T, but that was part of, kind of part of the mandate of the paperwork.
0: Okay.
1: Um, is there anyone? Is there anyone that you're thinking to yourself? It's not necessarily someone that you've been assigned to talk to at your practicum. Like, go talk to the guidance counselor, head of guidance, or go talk to student success. But in your mind, when you when you get to that school, do you is there anyone you're thinking, man, I just I got to talk to that person. I got to I have to make a connection with that individual.
0: Yeah. Well, they always say this in the faculty, too. It's the principal or the vice principal. And uh, that's where you that's where they tell us. They're like, go get yourself known. Let them know who you are, what you're doing, where you're coming from. And, um, you know, have a try to have a conversation with them have them maybe try to sit in in one of your lessons or see you, you know, do something in the classroom. So that, those are the, um, I guess, the targets that they uh, tell us to go for. And yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, like um, we're, I'm going to be graduating next year and yeah, I'm going to be in the job market looking for a job. And we all know that it's very competitive and <laughs> there's, it's very hard. So that's what, that's what they tell us to do, I guess. And that's what we're, I guess I try to do. But I understand that they're busy, so we don't always get to speak. But when I do get the chance to see them, I'm like, hey, how are you? How's it going? Try to create some conversation so at least they know who I am and that I'm at their school, uh, mm-hmm. along with other teacher candidates, too, because there's not just me. There's like maybe five other people at the same time that I'm there.
1: The, um, the other teacher candidates, are they all from your faculty?
0: Uh, no. So there are, there's, I think there's three, um, from my faculty and there's, uh, three from UFT.
1: So what's that like when you all pass each other in the halls? Is it like, <laughs> everyone's no, no, just kind of like
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: staring at <laughs> each other. Like
0: no, no, no. It's fine. You, everyone
1: walks past. It's like, Hey, hey <laughs> what's up? What's up? Nothing. You. Yeah. It's cool. Um,
0: I don't see uh, many of them all the time because uh, it's a big school. But I do when I do get a chance to see some of them. Um, it's usually like a good conversation as in like, how's it going? You know, how do you like it? Um, how are you feeling? So we basically ask about like, you know, how how's the classes going and like, how, what do you like about it and you know what's not working for you and you know try to like give each other some like motivation and also help each other mm-hmm. out. So I usually see them was... in the photocopying uh, room. So
1: <laughs> I know I... <laughs> it's kind
0: of crazy in there sometimes. <laughs>
1: I was going to ask you actually if you look at them as part of your PLN.
0: Uh, yeah, because I've um, some of the conversations that you have with people, like even though it may not seem like you know it's a PLN or you know you're learning from them, you actually are. So, even the shortest conversation, like someone will say something to you and it'll just spark an idea for you, and you know you'll get something out of it. So, I was talking to this. Um, another girl and she was actually teaching history so she was in she was with the history teacher at that school and Mm -hmm. um she gave me some resources some worksheets that um her teacher had given her so i'm like oh this is awesome you know thank you for giving me this and i can use it next year or whenever i need to so it was it was a good um network that we had together within that school
1: perfect good for you i would say that's it's important i don't think there was any i don't remember back there were there were no other teacher candidates in the school when I was there, because I actually I went looking for them and it was funny. I could remember asking my um at, at back then it was called a my associate teacher, same yeah. as your your uh, your mentor. Yeah, we still we uh, can
0: call them associate.
1: Oh, you can do that yeah. as well. Yeah. Um. So I remember asking, you know, are there any other candidates? And there was a just a strange look on the face. It was almost like, well, one they they didn't know. So I went I and asked the administrator, and there was no other one. But it, I got the sense like. When I went back, and I, you know, you sort of talk with your faculty mates when you make it back to mm-hmm. your homeroom and back to, you know, Boise or or York, that, um, that nobody was really there was a lot of space in those schools. There wasn't a lot of, um, there wasn't that idea of, of building that sort of learning network. Mm-hmm. That, uh, it was a little bit more, um, a little bit, uh, I want to say it competitive but it's the wrong word because you can't really compete against you can't compete against another another candidate it, yeah. you're just you're not in any position to yeah but it was almost like a little bit of that sense like but you know I was, like no one really wanted to sort of connect that way
0: yeah, no, and I completely agree because um I'll be honest like i i ha i get that feeling sometimes as well is that there's too much like it's really competitive and like there's a lot of competitiveness going on between. Um, people in the faculty and then like in the school as much as I don't want to think about it that way there is and I you kind of have to face the reality of it so it's hard sometimes to I guess create that um PLN within the school with other um Uh, faculty members Uh, Mm -hmm. but you kind of have to seek it yourself I feel like you kind of have to have it within yourself to to uh, go and search for this search for those people or talk to those people Uh, sometimes you know it's not easy for other people to you know start up a conversation so maybe you can start up a conversation so yeah yeah, so like the competitiveness is definitely still there I would say Mm. Um, but that's just the reality of it
1: yeah it can be right yeah, exactly. and everyone's sort of hyper aware yeah. when you when you when you arrive in the class that eventually this is going to result in a job yeah. so how do i how do i stand out yeah how do i
0: yeah.
1: kind of make make it known what i kind of represent
0: mm-hmm. which and i feel like with twitter and social media i feel like that like I, I was really nervous about the whole like you know the job thing like i have to get a job at the end of it or You know, how am I going to get a job at the end of it? Like resumes, cover letters, yeah, all those things are really important. But um, I guess with talking to more people and interacting with more teachers and like people who are new to the profession and people who've been in the profession for a long time, I realized that you know everything takes time and it's like all a learning process. You know, if I if they put me in the classroom right now, I would be like, oh my gosh, you know, what do I do? So it's it's I'm I'm happy that I'm in this. uh, I guess. It, the faculty made it two years, I guess, in that sense, that, you know, you have time to develop yourself and you're not just thrown out there, you know, teaching a class on your own. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, I guess, that time that we have off, like the summer, for example, like I'm trying to think of things to do in the summer that I can, like, develop my own PLN, like, you know, do something maybe interesting or something different and you know, something that I can bring to the to the classroom next year. So I'm trying to like think of new ways and different things to do to develop my own learning.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's it's I'm I'm sort of unnaturally and unreasonably jealous of the position that you're in, because I think back to when I was in the exact same place and I didn't feel like I had any opportunity to develop my craft, except when I was in that associate teacher's classroom. Yeah. And I think about right now, someone in your position, you know, having connections to a digital PLN and just the pathways that that opens up. And and like we, we can't put a, a better shine on this. Like this is a global teaching community that you're associated with. Yeah. There was no such thing as me connecting with a global teaching community exactly. when I started 12 years ago. Yeah. So the experience that I had was slightly siloed right so that sense of competition was a lot more enclosed mm-hmm. i i have no doubt no doubt that you will find something that you're going to be able to start to develop just by staying connected with your learning network you're going to see stuff and say i'm going to try and talk to that person this summer or i'm going to make a video like that or I'm going to do something in the summer that's like a micro project that I'm going to end up doing a Ted talk for. And then I'm going to wrap that. You know what I mean? You're yeah, going to, yeah, you're yeah. going to see the, this stuff that, the, that the social media learning networks, that really is what's so cool about having our learning accelerated with technology.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's like, like you said, it's like, it's really new, but it's also very like innovative. Like it's always changing and you can always do something with it and you can, you know, develop things and you can put it out there and everyone else can see and you can even use it as a teaching resource well a lot of teachers have been using it like uh google classroom is like a big thing now so all those kind of things are they're out and out there for teachers to use and conquer like i went to a um Smartboards workshop the other, uh, two weeks ago. And, um, it was interesting. Like I've always seen the class, uh, the smart board in the classroom, but there's so many different technical parts to it. And so many cool gadgets that you can use online on the software. And I was just amazed by all the things that I learned just from that, um, workshop that I went to. So it's cool. That is cool. Yep.
1: I love hearing. I love hearing stuff like that. I love that you sort of mentioned the, the smart board, the future, technology yeah. of teaching right yeah. so um I think that's where I'd like to go next I'd like to let's let's shift into the sort of like the last chunk mm-hmm. we're in the last uh, 10 minutes or so of the podcast so I'm, I'm curious about what the future of teaching looks like to you and I mean we can make it as the future of education but there's kind of two parts to this thought one mm-hmm. is a little bit about um You get to forecast a little bit. So sort of looking at, you know, what education might look like when you get your contract or you could push a little bit farther, maybe five years down the road or 10 years down the road. And then what do you bring into that game? As in, is there a project that you're looking to connect with or a skill set that you're hoping to kind of develop or market? So it's what do you bring into that future and what do you see in the future?
0: Um. Well, I guess on the note of technology, uh, the increased use of technology and the um, I guess the proper use of it and the innovative use of it, I feel like will be a a big part of future education and education now, too, is growing and um, also just uh, the whole aspect of um, working together. And I guess teaching, co-teaching, I feel like that's also um, I find that really important, like teaching with other teachers. in a classroom, I know that's something that happens now too, but maybe more of that, uh, more community involvement as well, because community is such a big part of education as well. Like not just, um, it's not just the school, but the surrounding community. There's so much more to it. Um, that I feel like is, is also a growing process and something that will continue on. And um, the second part of the question was what I will bring to it. Is I, I guess I hope to. <laughs> I guess I hope to develop that sense of community within that classroom, so that teaching and learning is isn't just about what I experienced in my education. So, like in you know grade five, it wasn't just about like memorizing how to read or not memorizing the mul- multiplication table and you know learning all that kind of stuff. It's more like you know even if, if I don't get it or if I don't understand it, there's someone there to help me, and it's not just the teacher that's going to help you, but another student can help you or. Um, another classmate can help you or an older student can help you so really trying to build community within the school and not just have it like secular in that that classroom is just mine and you know the students are just there just to learn from me that's not how it should be and that's not how i hope that it won't go towards
1: i think that's a pretty that's a profound statement and i I, (laughs) and i it is because um education right now is is wrestling constantly with that idea of open doors to classrooms um, cross-connecting curriculum
0: yeah
1: um, that cross-pollination of ideas mm-hmm. in real time so it's you know how do we access each other as educators in real time? when our English curriculum leads us to a question about history or history curriculum leads us to a question about numbers. And then the numbers lead us to a question around, um, art. And it's, if you are coming into this expecting that you are going to be a part of that openness, dude, I'm excited Mm -hmm. for you because I think that open mind, that open mindedness will serve you well. It will.
0: And I think that's, that's something I have within myself is that I, I try to be open-minded because I feel if you're if you're not open-minded then you're gonna be in that like I guess disappointment all the time right you're not gonna really be happy with what you're doing and, and you don't want like we don't really you don't even really need a teacher that's not happy because that reflects on you know how you teach and how the students feel at the end of the day so um, openness I feel like will conquer more than being closed and being secular just to like what you know. So, mm-hmm. like, well, we can all grow in that sense. It's not easy. I'm not. Saying that. That's another thing. I know this is not easy, and you know, I'm I'm looking into the future, but um, I think it's a process. It's not impossible, but it's a process that could could work.
1: You know, yeah. There's nothing I would say, and there's nothing easy about teaching. Yeah, there's exactly. Nothing, there's nothing exactly. easy about education. The trapdoor sometimes is that when it when it does get easy, sometimes that that might just be the trigger to say, I need to switch something up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I need to, I need to, I need to mix it up a little bit because the closer you get to autopilot sometimes, that's when you start to feel a little bit like your teacher's soul is just kind of like, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. it's just kind of going down a bit. So Mm -hmm. totally agree with you. It is not easy. Um, And I, I don't know if I've ever heard a don't know if I've ever heard a teacher sort of declare that out loud you don't often hear that, that this job is so <laughs> this job is so easy i love it <laughs> they usually say they talk about the challenges yeah they talk about the the successes they talk about the the things that they're still working on right. and they get this sort of like crazy grin on their face like they're just like in the middle of that problem solving yeah and i don't assume it's easy but yeah. god they really the, the ones that like you kind of go you're really digging like trying to figure out this kid or figure mm-hmm. out this curriculum mm-hmm. and there's just like that knowing nod like yeah yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to figure it out.
0: Yeah. And I feel like that's, yeah, I completely agree. And I, i sometimes when like teachers are like, you know, really experienced teachers, they're explaining something to me. I'm like, wow, you make it sound so easy. Like that's awesome that you're doing that. And I feel like maybe because it's really like early on and I'm still in the learning process of everything. I'm still trying to like grow and develop those like ideas and make projects that will inspire me in the future. And, you know, that I'll actually work towards doing that. Um, I know that it's not easy and I I don't expect that it's easy. And um, I know that teachers put their heart and soul into everything that they do. And I heard uh, there was a teacher that said that there's a, she said something, there's a, there's a reason to my madness all the time. That's what she said to me. And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's a reason to everything that they do and that um, they put out there. So I I respect them all.
1: Very cool. Okay. So where would you like to be found? somebody wants to reach out and talk with you, connect with you, someone that's not in your PLN, they have like a, I got to find out more about this teacher candidate. Where do you want them to find you?
0: Yeah. Well, right now um, I'm only on Twitter. So my Twitter handle is miss underscore K my last name. And yeah, so hopefully that's where they can find me, but hopefully in the future I'll be expanding.
1: Elif, this was an awesome combo.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much.
1: Can you believe it? Like we just threw down like, like just under an hour.
0: Yeah. (laughs) didn't even
1: seem like it time flew by yeah well i wish you the best of luck in your practicum and in your next steps going into your second year i will definitely i'm gonna commit to this i want to connect with you next year okay yeah that would be awesome and just to see you know like what is it you're developing next what are the you know how does how does year one fit into year two and then of course we'll have to talk about what uh Going for your full contract after that's going to look like, okay?
0: Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much.
1: You're very welcome. Have a wonderful evening.
0: You as well. Thank you.
1: If you enjoyed what you heard on this podcast, please go to iTunes and subscribe to Chasing Squirrels. You can follow me, Chris Clough, at Chris J. Clough on Twitter. You can also find me on my and that is go beyond binders and you can find that on blogger please leave comments please connect please reach out i'd love to talk to you if you want to be on my podcast hope you have a great evening take care